Welcome to Crazy Stupid Love with me, Barnaby Slater. In Crazy Stupid Love, my guests come armed with something they'd like to discuss to do with their relationship, love, or sex lives. And then, quite simply, we talk about it. Before we get started, just a reminder that if you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts. It would be a huge help. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you'd like something discussed on Crazy Stupid Love, please email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. That's crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. And do give us a follow on Instagram at crazystupidlovepod. But most importantly, as ever, my guest today is Hannah. Hello, Hannah. Hi. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I always like to give a little vision for the audience of where we are. So we're in your living room in Clapton and... May I say, what a beautiful flat you live in. Thank you very much. We're wearing masks. We're always wearing masks. That's why you can hear the muffled sound of non-mask wearing. But we're from two metres distance and we're very, very careful. Yes. I will not spit on you. No. And also, who knows when this is going out? It may not even be in lockdown time, in which case we'll just edit out all of that. (laughs) But probably not. I'm a a very lazy editor, so probably not. Um, Hannah, I like to get straight into it. Uh, I always ask my guests to come armed with something in the realm of crazy, stupid love. So what have you got for us today? What I'm going to talk to you about is a situation where I got asked out on a date by a very handsome man. I was very excited. And he was so good looking that before I even went on a date with him, you know, you do the stalking online and I sent all my friends the pictures of him. Look how good looking this man is who asked me out of his own volition. (laughs) I was very excited. Uh, And he was a primary school teacher. So I was like, seems like a good sort of person that would be a primary school teacher and we went on a few dates and they were really nice we did the deed uh, everything i'm not just skimming over it i okay so you're giving context but you're going to open up to the wider because i because i want i I want to know how you met like how he asked you oh okay in a bar in the old-fashioned way well tell us everything because that is so old-fashioned that i I think a lot of our audience won't even know that's a thing i know right so i'm not very good at the apps and stuff although i have tried them but the only relationships I've been in have been from real life. So I thought this was going to be another one of those relationship mm. things that you, go on for a few years and then you are, Hold on, you. You, are a, you are an absolute <laughs> anomaly if you're saying that the only relationships you've been in are from people you've met in real life. Yeah, I've never had a relationship from an app. But you've met people from apps. You've been on dates from I've apps. I've been on first dates. I've never been on a second date. Wow. Well, let's get into that after. But but let's <laughs> let's start. So you you met in real life. Can can you tell us where? Like which yeah, bar? Biddle Brothers. You should go there. It's in Clapton. It's so much fun. You always will meet amazing people there. Do you know what? Oh God, I'm. This is really. Well, I'm going to say it because it's come to mind anyway. So I've never been to Biddle Brothers, but an ex of mine was and her friend were um, had their drink spiked in Biddle Brothers. Oh. And she, so uh, this isn't Biddle Brothers' fault, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not trying to. Diss <laughs> it wasn't one of the Biddle Brothers that did it. No, it, it is a cool, it's a very cool bar. But um, That's terrible. yeah, she told the story about how she got home from a night out with her friend. But she, but it had been an early one. They got home. She got home by nine. And it was on a weeknight. And next thing she knew, she was in her bathroom just <gasps> vomiting. And she hadn't, she'd only had like one or two drinks. And then she woke up in her bathroom having collapsed kind of four hours later. And when she woke up again the next morning, she called her friend and the exact same thing had happened to her friend. Oh my God. But um, she doesn't think anything actually No, she, she, she doesn't really... No, she definitely doesn't think anything more untoward happened than yeah. that. But um, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, other than that, Biddle Brothers is a great place. So you met in Biddle Brothers. What was his opening line, I think? I mean, how did it work? Was it Or was it your opening line? Uh, no, I, I can't remember who I was there with, but I think I just went outside... 
people the thing with Biddle Brothers is you wish you were a smoker because all the cool like anywhere the cool guys mm. smoking. No, it's more just that you know you've got a bit of space to breathe and cool air so i was like i'm just gonna get some air and then this guy comes out and says oh hi do you have a light and i was like no but i'll, I'll have a fag with you if we find a light and then we just chat chatted and then he was like oh i, I saw you earlier and i thought you're really beautiful blah, 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 and asked me out and, I, and he was like ridiculously good looking so that's like, like a 1950s way of asking like i think you're very beautiful can i can i get a light yeah. you're very beautiful i'm not a smoker i've never been involved in the smirting which is the smoking and flirting yeah. thing that has been going on since uh, smoking indoors was not allowed. And I've always felt very jealous about that because yeah. I've missed out on all of these opportunities. Not that I would ever be so brave as to go up to someone and say, I think you're very beautiful. I do I think, think the smoking thing is better than the apps because I'm not trying to encourage the kids to smoke. But honestly, you're outside is a kind of a vibe of we're allowed to talk to each other because if we were inside, we'd have to be with each other already. Like you're my friend mm. or introduce you to someone who's my friend or something. But when you're sm- smokers, it's like, we're already in a club. We don't need to even introduce ourselves. We're together. And also you've instantly got the chat up line of, do you have a light? I'm so envious. Yeah. But just pretend to say, no. do you have a light? I just wanted to uh, light it. It's, light a- I know, I know, I know it seems so easy to pretend, but for Firework. me, for me, it's up there. <laughs> on a level of pretending with um, lying about your age on an app. It's, to me, it's beyond the pale. It's, it wouldn't allow me to sleep at night. I, can't, <laughs> and also, I mean, there's I mean, worse things. I, there are worse things. I'm showing, I'm showing my patheticness here, but also, I hate the cold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if I can be inside, I will be inside. But, but like I said, I'm very envious of that. But yeah. okay, very brave of him. So yeah, go on. So then you were like, he's so good looking. And then you told your friends about it. And then, oh, wait. Hold on, so I'm jumping ahead. Did you snog him that night? Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, How long was the time between him saying, have you got a light, and you snogging, do you think? I think we had a few drinks. Okay. And then snogging. Oh, God. Like, we're on the back of lockdown and all this seems so great. I know. Oh, God, you remember those days? I know. Standing outside a pub in the freezing cold, pretending to smoke. Those were the days. Snogging a hot guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, carry on. Sorry. I'm, I'm too excited about this. I'm interrupting too much. Carry on. So anyway, that night was fun. And kissing was nice. He was really good looking. I, you know, like I say, he's a primary school teacher, uh, an art teacher as well. I like mm. art. Creative. I was just like, yeah, I was thinking this guy might be a possible person mm-hmm. in my future. And we went on a couple of dates, went for dinner. And we uh, did probably on the third date have sexy times. Mm. And everything was amazing. So the, the the connection was there, the back and forth. Yeah. It was and funny. All you, the things you'd want. This is all great. Yeah. We were all good on that particular night. Mm. Then it was like a few, maybe, I don't know how many, how many dates in it was, maybe five dates in. It was like he felt comfortable, like we could now be a bit more real. And uh, we were in the bedroom mm. and... It's just like he switched. He was just like, shit on my dick. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I'm you were not- having sex at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd already started having normal sex. But yeah. then he was like, shit on my dick. And, and, and his whole, he was doing that sort of sex mode where it was like, I don't know, just really serious. And I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you're in- amazing. But your instinct wasn't straight away to just go, What? Had you got any? I guess I'm you, a people pleaser, Barnaby. Yeah, I, I, we all we all are to some degree, or at least I certainly feel like I am. So I, I get it. Not that anyone's ever asked me to shit on their dick or shit on anyone's anything for One that day. matter. But yeah, he's hoping. But um, 
so there was so there was an element of there was no element of you that thought he must be joking or or no. or had he, I guess here's my question had all of your encounters with him sexual encounters with him leading up to that point made you think oh this guy might be a bit might have a few kinks and stuff this could be yeah a few kinks and you know we've all got a few kinks mm-hmm. so I actually appreciate that in a person I don't want it to be really boring mm. so you know I liked a little bit of that aspect but. Once he released the beast of shit on my dick, it was like incessant, like, oh, please, just shit on my dick. We can do it in the bath. And just like, oh, please, I really, really need you to shit on me. And then and then it was like, well, can you at least wee on me? And I was just like, I actually don't like any of these things. And, right. and to be honest, I'm the kind of person I can't even wee if I know someone's in, like, can hear me weeing. Yeah, I agree. I'm so exactly I'm not going to be able to wee on your dick or your face or whatever. And, and it also, this whole time... I'm no longer that into him. <laughs> so that's, that is fascinating though, because this is somebody who you really liked and it was a genuine potential. And then suddenly, now I guess, was it him saying that, that made you think, oh, I'm not sure about you anymore? Or was it his then incessantness of trying to insist you do things you didn't want to do? Yeah, I think it was the him just not giving up on it. And it made me realise how much that was obviously like, a deal breaker for him because wow. he just wouldn't let it go the whole night and was just like you still haven't done it and I'm just like I know but I really I'm not I don't think it's ever gonna happen he oh. turned into a child oh yeah correct desperate, <laughs> desperate in a childlike manner to shit let you shit on his penis yeah but I definitely it's funny because before that he told me about being in in these long term relationships and then them not working out and I remember thinking how could they not work out? You're so gorgeous. You're lovely. You're creative. And then I was like, I think this is the reason why all your relationships have ended because you just need to find this very specific niche kind of person that's into shitting and stuff. And I feel like maybe that's like 0.1% of people. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we have to cover this from almost like both angles. My instinct, I have to say, uh, funnily enough, I'm exactly like you. Um, I only have two phobias in life, actually. One is polystyrene. And the other one is kind of toilet business. So uh, I can put it down as anyone, the idea of anyone hearing me go to the toilet. Yeah. Probably the top one. I'm very much, uh, I'll turn the shower on, I'll turn the taps on, mm. I'll put toilet paper down. Same. There, everything. Right. Uh, but also then hearing someone else go to the toilet is up there too. So my instinct is very much to agree with you. I think if someone did that to me, not not if they said it, but if they then incessantly pursued it when it was clear that I wasn't interested, mm. that would that would become an issue for me. So I'm, I'm with you on that. But I do feel we have to cover it from both angles a little bit. So was there a part of you or did this happen where you felt like you should try and kind of deconstruct why that was interesting to him and kind of in, in the hope of kind of keeping the relationship going, say, look, this isn't my personal thing, but let's talk about why you're so into it and maybe we can find some kind of middle ground of kinks where... Some, it's something I'm comfortable with that would kind of give you that thrill, I guess. I think if the relationship had already got, you know, to love or mm. which it hadn't, it was very early stages, then maybe I'd be like, I need to work through this and give it more of a chance, stop like cancelling relationships so early on and whatever. But because it, it hadn't really got to any, it just felt like this was now him revealing his real self. Yeah. And also it was the incessant thing the whole it was like a really long night where I just felt like I was saying no a lot and Mm. you know I'm not like super frigid person I think I'm fairly like (laughs) Mm. up for stuff but I was just like oh god it's just making me feel like I'm saying no to everything and also I just 
felt like where was what I wanted in the picture it wasn't in there so I just it instantly made me learn that he wouldn't be a good partner so, as a di- person. so difficult question alert but I'm going to go for it do you think he was interested in you potentially as a girlfriend or do you think he was interested in you as someone who might shit on his dick and then because it because it strikes me a little bit from the way you've told it is the switch came on so quickly that it just it, it jumped from kind of that kind of organic honeymoon period of growing to like someone and and find your connection to like do this do this do this and if you don't do this I'll never be happy kind of thing it just sounds mm. too much yeah I think probably I, I well maybe I'm cynical but I feel like a lot of men maybe in London that's my experience because I'm a Londoner uh they will always start out just wanting to fuck mm-hmm. can I say that you just did. I mean, I'm, we've been talking about shitting on dicks. Yeah. So I think everything's <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, yeah, so I feel like that's how lots of things start. But then, you know, you just hope that they'll get to realise there's more to you than hmm. boobies or whatever. And they'll realise <laughs> you might have a nice personality. And that's why things then turn into relationships. But uh, yeah, so I think we were still at the stage of just fancying each other. Mm. You said something before that I thought was interesting, which was when you were talking about that story, you said, um, maybe, I, uh, I can't remember the exact context, but you're like, oh, should I stop ending things too early? Is that mm. something that you find that you do? You know, you see people that started relationships at the same time as you and they've carried on and now they're getting married and they seem really happy and you think, oh, maybe I should have just carried on with my equivalent person <laughs> back in you know 2010 or whatever mm-hmm. um but and usually it was me ending it but it's only because i could see i didn't wouldn't be happy with that person long term mm-hmm. uh, so i just didn't want to waste any more time but i feel like i've had that history of doing that quite a lot where i'm like it's not going to work so i'm going to end it uh, and yeah and sometimes i think oh maybe i should have stuck it out and maybe i would have grown to love them <laughs> yeah so this has cropped up in at least one of my other oh, really? guests is is the idea of i'm putting words into your mouth a little bit but the idea of settling people who settle mm-hmm. and it strikes me that what you're saying is is that you're not willing to settle and i think i can only talk from i don't mean settle down i mean settle for something that isn't what you want exactly what you want so you you talk there about um Maybe I should have given it more of a chance and mm-hmm. maybe we would have grown to be something. Now that's, I'm intrigued totally. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is I'm intrigued totally by the idea of people who have those conversations with themselves and are willing to get into, as you said, long-term relationships, marriages, having children where maybe they know that they're not fully in. Mm. Now that's not something I'm interested in. That's not to say that I haven't even, it's not to say that I haven't even been in the situation where I've, I've actually had a situation before where I met a girl and we started kind of dating and sleeping with each other. And then I remember she like got off with somebody else and she told me the next morning. And I was like, don't worry about it because I think we both know we're not supposed to be together. And she actually lived in America. And because, and then what happened was because I, I think she expected me to be like devastated and fight for it. Mm. Because I didn't, she then went full the other way and was like, well, I think we should be together. And I think you've just got to try these things. Like, don't run away from the idea. We, we have something here and maybe we should see if it evolves. And then she was like, and come and move out to LA and for a few months and we'll see how it goes. And I did. Oh, <laughs> so you were, you were on board for that. I, so I... 
I thought it yeah, sounded I mean, like you know she what? liked you more. We ended up going out for like a year, year and a half. And oh, she's wow. an amazing, amazing, beautiful, talented genius. But I would still argue, and I bet she, even looking back, would argue as well, that we weren't meant to be together. And we probably both knew that from the start. I mean, actually, the way we met probably was because she had slept with my, one of my best friends. Right. And she, she then went to America and came back. And when she came back, she was, we met through, through another mutual friend and she was like, so what's happening with him? You know, can I meet, you know, is he still, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't, he'd met someone else or something. So we kind of got together because mm. we'd started talking and I'd been started kind of offering advice on what to do to try and win him over. Yes, yeah, so you was didn't all, think it, it was almost like you were in rebound, you were kind of each other's rebound. Yeah, or... it was just, I mean, but it was, it was, I look back on that all that time with really like fondness, but um I would still go back to, you know, where I started with this, which is we had the conversation where I said, we're not meant to be together. So don't worry about the fact that you made out with somebody else. Mm. And just because almost like that power dynamic of, oh, maybe I went up in her estimation at that point because she was surprised that I wasn't scrapping for her. Mm. You know, so that's how those kind of weird power dynamics can work. But um, that's the closest example I've got to where maybe... I was trying to evolve into something that I thought wasn't there. Mm. And I I would stick to the fact that I think people who try something out that where they're not sure, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's right. But I think a lot of people do. But do you ever wonder or worry, which I do, that it's not that you haven't met the right person, but you're not the right person. Like you're never going to feel that that thing that you think you need to feel to to want to be with that person and maybe there's always going to be those questions where you're like oh but I'm not sure it's not I'm not 100% am I settling what mm. if that's us what if that's coming from us and we're always going to feel like that well I don't feel like that I have to say I kind of feel like um and I've said this before in another episode as well, I think your chances of falling in love are so minute because you have to, and I mean like properly in love, where you're you're both in exactly the same place, headspace. You know, you're not trying to get over somebody else. You're, you know, the same level of independence or um, codependence or whatever, whichever way you want to look at it in terms of what kind of relationship you're looking for. The chances of finding that are so minute that it's very difficult to properly 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 fall in love and then find that kind of you know life partner right mm. so i don't i just think a lot of people don't even search for that but i am way more up for the kind of waiting around hoping for the fate of it and for it to fall and that's why actually what you said at the beginning about only having met people in real life i think there's an added fate element to when you meet someone in real life that adds something mm. compared to when you meet someone through an app and it's all there's an element and this is my old fashionedness Sounding. It doesn't mean I haven't used the apps because I have, but it's all a bit more clinical with the apps. Do you know what oh, I mean? Totally. And, it's, and it's a lot more like you're playing the numbers game. Yeah, and it's and you're more throwaway because you're just like you're not even a real tangible human. You're a picture, so people can just be like mm, swipe whichever way is the way of saying <laughs> yeah. no um, over and over and over. Whereas if that many people came up to you in a bar and said I like the look of you or whatever, and that might yeah. not be the, the right thing to say. Um, then you would give them more, you'd invest more time and patience with them. But in the in the apps, it's like, I don't know, it's just every, cannot, everyone just throws you away. Yeah, also in the apps, you're not only just a picture, but then you're a persona you choose for yourself as well. So yeah. whereas, you know, Hannah, you're very clearly someone with 
you know, who's intelligent with good intuition, I would strike it that you could judge a person other than people who want you to shit on their dicks uh, <laughs> pretty pretty quickly in terms of whether they're someone who's telling the truth about themselves or, you know, mm. probably even a good person or something like that. But on the apps, people can just pretend and and, and often do. Um, but yeah, all that kind of settling stuff I find really interesting. I want to know just because it's come into my head though. So you decided that Mr... I'm going to call him Mr. Shit on my dick. Um, you decided <laughs> Funny that... enough, that was his name. I should have seen it <laughs> yeah, coming. <laughs> you, should have, you should have seen it coming, absolutely. So you deci- you've decided, A, you weren't willing to do that for him, and B, that you thought that was putting you off or his incessant pushiness of it was putting you off. So then how did you break it to him that you didn't want to be with him anymore? How did that then go from there? Uh, I think then lockdown might have happened and then he was like, can I come and... Uh stay with you because he didn't have didn't have anywhere to live wait for the whole of lockdown uh well we didn't know how long it was going to go on for but i think he basically thought i was a free uh agent room no (laughs) that that i'd let him live here for free or whatever um but at that point i wasn't didn't even fancy him anymore because he'd turn me right off well that strikes me then hannah that like he hasn't got any sense for how you feel about him which is odd don't i think he thought he was so good looking that I would be just be like so excited that he wanted to spend time with me. <laughs> right. I don't know. That might be my head, but I I felt like he was better a better catch than me on paper. So I felt like he thought I should be like so grateful that he wanted to come and stay with me. But I I was just like I'm too old to have to do things I don't want to do you know when yeah. you're younger and you just do things that you didn't want to do because you want to please the other person I feel like I can't be bothered to do that anymore that's good no more shitting on people's dicks no that's no <laughs> no more he'll be very disappointed if he finds out that you have previously shat on people's dicks and it's like <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore um uh, I actually haven't <laughs> but also but also it sounds like maybe he was trying to use you at that point for someone oh, yeah. to stay oh he completely was trying this to guy's use got me. some gall <laughs> yeah but I think sometimes really good looking people have gone through life like that, using and people, people give them what they want because they're like, oh, your eyes. Yeah, and and before that incident, did you find yourself falling into that trap as well? The way you've described it in terms of telling your friend, showing your friends how good looking he was, sounds like you did a bit. I I do like a good looking face. I do like a nice face, definitely. And why? I mean, we all do, but I mean, I guess why 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 is it important mm. to you? Is it important to you? I feel like now. Logically, it's not important. It's much more important that they're kind and funny and, and intelligent and the things that I look for. Do you feel like you have to say that? Or is that true? No, I genuinely <laughs> mean it, especially from having gone out with a couple of good-looking people who ended up being meanies. Mm. Uh, one one which was quite a long-term thing. He was really good-looking, but he was really horrible and kind of abusive when, when I look back at it. Mm. Uh, so I kind of think kindness is much more important. And I also really like humour. But... I do just love a pretty face. I want to kiss a nice looking face. Yeah, we all do. Definitely. <laughs> I think we all do. So where's your, um, I like the way this is kind of uh, management speak alert pivoted into like an overall conversation on, on the kind of that everlasting looks versus personality <laughs> gray area. I'll let's call get to it. the bottom of it. Well, yeah. Well, uh, let's get on the bottom, get to the bottom of it for you anyway. So, I guess the best way to think about it is in terms of examples from your life. Not like you don't have to give exact names and stuff like that. But have there been lots of situations where or have there been situations where you've met someone and you're like, oh, they're really, really funny and kind and great. But oh, I wish they were a bit better looking. And therefore, that's been a deal breaker for you. 
No, because I think I wouldn't fan like if I fancy them, then it doesn't matter if they're technically good looking. I I, I already fancy them. Like you know, if you fancy someone, right. and often I fancied someone because they're so funny, and maybe the first time I met them, I might not have even noticed them, but mm. when I got to know them then i start to fancy them so people I, get better looking when they're funnier yeah like as 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 you get to know them they get better looking to you and you're yeah just, and eventually you're like so good looking yeah i don't even see your crooked nose anymore <laughs> hey i broke this nose <laughs> that's really out of order um okay. but yeah so so i feel like i can totally fancy people that aren't technically good looking and i also don't give a shit what other people think if other people think oh that guy's too short for you I've had that before where people have been like that guy's too short for you I'm just like well I don't care so why do you care <laughs> yeah quite a lot of people do care about short guys who are shorter than them or people who are shorter than them and because you've mentioned that relationship a couple of times now is that quite a formative one for you like quite a difficult one in terms of the allowing you to move on to other relationships and stuff like that uh it took me a while uh that was a few years ago but I'm over it now. But yeah, it, that was one of those ones where when I was in it, I didn't realise I was slowly being kind of chipped away at. And my friend, a couple of my friends did mention that they felt like um, that I, I wasn't being yeah. my confident self. And Do you feel comfortable giving examples of, of how that was? It's kind of gaslighting we're talking about, basically. Yeah, it? it was complete gaslighting. But it was kind of before I was that aware of what gaslighting was. Mm. And I kind of, and this person that I went out with used to say things like, if I was like crying about things he'd said to me, he'd say, I've never hit you. Like I should be really grateful. And I, and I don't know, I kind of feel like really he was doing, I don't know, like a mental equivalent of that quite a lot, but he did never, he never hit me or pushed me. And he used to always bring that up. Like I should be so grateful that he, <laughs> he didn't. But there's also a threatening air to that as well. Cause it's, it's basically like it, suggesting yeah. like I could. And also suggesting I want to. Like, mm. I'd love to hit you in the face, which is just a horrible thought that your partner is looking at you and thinking, God, I really wish I could punch you in the yeah. face. How did you meet him? Uh, well, now I feel like I'm going to reveal too much information, but through comedy. Okay. Which, which uh, I've had a few relationships through comedy. Okay. So Hannah and I have both done, in our time, stand-up <laughs> comedy. That's how we know each other as well. There's a lot of talk, especially within the comedy industry, but some of it has also seeped out into the press over the last couple of years of comedians specifically male comedians being quite prone there's certainly talk of a list that exists or a few lists that exist spreadsheets mm. of male comedians who are not to be um spent time alone with not mm. to be trusted who have um history of of i mean certainly emotional abuse up to in some cases physical abuse i yeah. think as well um even including rape i think and what happens within the comedy industry from the way i see it is a lot of people, definitely men, are afraid to speak out about those stories they've heard because they don't want it to affect their career. Mm. But also I'm intrigued because so far in the comedy industry that I can tell, apart from maybe with Hardeep Singh Kohli, he got outed, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people who know about these names who won't say them out loud in, the, in mm. social media or the press or something. Well, it never you never gain anything that's the thing people were always like oh why didn't why didn't they come forward earlier and but it's actually all all that happens is you're reliving if it happened to you if you had you know a horrible situation happen to you and now you're going to tell someone about it you're reliving it which is horrible mm. plus you don't usually as women for some reason you don't really get that much sympathy you get more people 
saying oh she's saying it for attention like things where it's like there's no good thing to come from this there's no good attention that you'd get from saying oh this guy abused me or, or whatever like it no one's gonna be like oh now i'm gonna hire her for a comedy gig mm. that she said that like if anything people then feel like oh let's just keep away from that person and they've like, got the lurgy now so there's nothing good to be gained other than that feeling of guilt you have i haven't I haven't said enough and more women could get hurt that's that's the only thing that makes a lot of us including me think well, maybe i should speak out about such and such because he's still going around yeah. probably treating people that way so I just watched um, Allen versus Farrow, which is a documentary series on Sky about yeah, uh, yeah Woody Allen and uh, Mia Farrow and the abuse uh, of his daughter, his adopted daughter Dylan Farrow. Yeah, amazing documentary series. I mean, I I thought I knew a lot about that case, and actually, it turned out not only did I not know a lot about it, but also in that documentary series, which I should say, a lot of a lot of. Um, reviewers have said oh it's a bit of a one note one-sided story because the pharaohs um give access to their lives and woody allen refused to give his side of the story yeah i read the guardian review that yeah, it said it was scathing. very one-sided yeah that actually annoyed me and made me tweet the writer of that review <laughs> really? um because i said i said well finding neverland about michael jackson was also a one-sided part and that's seen as some of the most powerful tv of all time and has basically changed everyone's viewpoint on what michael jackson was hmm. um i mean Certainly, I mean, I think everyone assumed he was a, not everyone, but a lot of us assumed he was a paedophile, but that kind of cemented it, I think, in our yeah. in our heads. And I think the same goes in the Alan versus Farrow one. It, it's, da- it's completely damning. Like there's, you know, his argument, uh, his and his wife's argument, who, by the way, I'm sure everyone knows, was also his adopted, well, was Mia Farrow's adopted stepdaughter, yeah. who he knew since she was 10 and then married, having been with her since she was... He says 17, but actually all the evidence suggests younger. Um, there's, he, his argument is, oh, you know, I was just a, her boyfriend and we never stayed in the same house and I just came over to see her. I was never close to the kids, blah, blah, blah. But actually there's home movies of them together on holiday together with all the kids and he was very close with some of them, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um, what you're talking about in terms of female comedians is the same as what happened with Dylan Farrow is everybody didn't believe her. And Mm. he had the power and the money and the legal teams that he could afford to pay for to uh, totally blame Mia Farrow for supposedly um, coaching a seven-year-old Dylan Farrow into saying, my daddy did this, my daddy did that, touched me here, touched me there. And it's just, if you watch that, I don't know. and And if anyone feels differently, feel free to contact me. But... If you watch it, and the videos are there of her saying it when she was seven, mm. if you watch it, you, there's no way you can come out of that and think other, anything other than Woody Allen is a horrible, old-fashioned, disgusting man who chose to use his power to do whatever he could, as Michael Jackson did, to discredit his partner and his child. Uh, and just in a horrible, hiding-in-plain-sight way, that kind of classic Savile-esque... Um, defense of if I'd been a child molester why would I choose to just do it then I could have been a child molester all the time I could have done anything and it's like well mate it's not just about then actually you molested your wife actually when it comes to it she was 10 when you met her and you started seeing her when she was like 16 anyway I guess the question so I've gone into a bit of a rant there but a question I wanted to ask you based on what we were talking about you know men in comedy and the um, yeah the 
the the many stories of gaslighting and emotional abuse and, and abuse in comedy is. Do you think then me as somebody, as a man in that industry to some degree, should I be telling the stories of people I've heard? So I was seeing a comedian for a while who told me that she had been raped by a male comedian. Do you think it's male comedians... Um, what's the right word? Should Should we be the people to open up and say we've heard these stories and actually name names? I feel like it is difficult because as as the further away it gets from the first person tale, mm. the more clouded it can get. And you can be like, yeah, I once went out with this person who said that their friend got raped or whatever. And then it becomes further and further away and it could be more um, exaggerated and made up. But I think if you hear the same name a few times, which definitely throughout my interest in comedy, there's been certain names, you know, people that are quite established that the name comes up with different women and, and stuff. I bet we're thinking about I mean, at least I, two of the same people. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. And and then I do think then you maybe do need to say, I don't, I don't know. I remember the person I'm thinking of in my head who's quite established, there was meant to be this big expose of them in the times <laughs> and uh, a few of my friends who had had horrible situations with him were interviewed anonymously telling their story um and then that was really um horrible for them because they're reliving this thing and they're talking to this stranger and it's kind of you know it's not a nice thing to have to go through and then the article didn't ever come out super injunction would be my guess yeah and it's just like it's really and the so past... that's re-traumatizing people yeah, to they... no end. In, in yeah, England, really. exactly. And mm. and they were doing it kind of against their own... It wasn't for themselves, really, because it was actually detrimental to them. And it was bringing up this horrible trauma. And, you know, people have PTSD and it's getting triggered. And then they're thinking to themselves, well, maybe I can help other women in the future. And then it didn't even happen because I think this person has lots of money and can shut the thing down. But, yeah, yeah that's quite... Um, upsetting and and also what is upsetting sometimes is how much how polar the view can be from the public of of how nice that person is or uh, yeah just when you know these stories and everyone's like oh they seem such a nice guy or whatever and you're just like mm, that's not yeah. really there, there who they some, are <laughs> there some, yeah there's some fascinating interviews with um psychologists in in the, the woody allen doc as well which are like who are like it's very difficult. People find it very difficult when they hear that famous people, successful people, have done things that are very bad and spe- specifically kind of sexual abuse because they see these people as their friends despite mm. never having spoken to them. And so a lot of them, their instinct straight away, or a lot of people's instinct straight away, if they're fans of these people, is to be like, well, I know this person, even though they've never met them. Mm. I know this person. He couldn't possibly have done this because of this, this and this that I've seen which is the persona that he's chosen for them mm, to see. Yeah, the public um, persona. And yeah, and then add to that the, the power and money and and women have no chance in that situation. Yeah. Um, which is a nightmare. Uh, Hannah, you've been an amazing guest. Just before um, we go, I wondered if you'd... It, it sounds like that was a very difficult, you know, not to get into specifics of who or whatever, but a very difficult situation you were in, but you found the strength to get out of that situation. So how did you manage that? Because I know a lot of people find those relationships incredibly hard to pull themselves away from. Yeah, I think I found it really hard and it was one of those things that once I'd ended it, I kept going back to the person. But uh, in the end, it was friends saying to me how much I'd changed and how much 
how lacking confidence I seemed and, and just realising that I felt like the the most like piece of shit person and I was trying to remember how I felt before. I was like, I didn't feel like such a piece of shit before. This person had slowly made me feel really ugly and really like I wouldn't be able to find anyone else. And I don't know, just weird psychological mind games. Mm. So I, I definitely think I did the right thing leaving, but it took me years to get over it. Yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, maybe I should go back to them. That showed a lot of strength from your friends as well then, because I sometimes as a friend, and I've got an example of this, I have a very good friend who I care about a lot where I know a lot more about his relationship than he does. And he is one of those people where my big fear, I've always said to myself, if he asks me directly the question, mm. and I don't know how that would ever happen. Like what are the, what is the likelihood of a man asking his friend, do you know anything about my relationship that I don't? It's probably unlikely, but I've always said I would answer honestly, but He's one of the people that I've always felt, if I were to tell him out of the blue this stuff, then the likelihood would be that he would stay with that person and I would get cut out. Yeah. What well, so is it your that friends... you have some dirt on the girlfriend? Kind of. Yeah. A lot. I know a lot of things yeah, that right. you might rightly describe as dirt. Okay. Um, I mean, he also knows dirt about his partner, mm-hmm. but I know more dirt. <laughs> but um but do you see, but do you see what i mean and why it's brave of your friends to be honest with you because you know the likelihood is if you'd stayed with that person that person would have tried to pull you away from your friends mm. because they knew that your friends were telling the truth yeah and and that and that happens a lot as well so it's a diff- very brave of your friends and i find that a very difficult scenario myself yeah i think because it was my friends who didn't didn't know him they just knew me and they just had seen him at arm's length and, and so they were able to say it. But I think people that we had as mutual friends, because of comedy, we did have mutual friends. That was really difficult. Do you think your friends will have had the same doubts as I did or as I do about yeah. about telling you? That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. that The mutual friends that I had with this abusive boyfriend, I feel knew what he was being like and knew, knew that maybe there was other, other people mm-hmm. on the scene and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I, I kind of thought, well, they're meant to be my friend, so they should have told me. But at the same time, hearing your perspective, I can see why you wouldn't tell your friend. It's difficult. It depends what the thing is that the person's Do you done. think I'm being a bad friend? I feel maybe you should tell your friend the, the full picture if mm-hmm. you think it is a serious thing. And what if their family is involved? I still, th- I don't know, I believe in telling the truth, mm. but... I know that, yeah, maybe maybe you would end up being divorced as a friend. Because for me, so I actually, I think about this a lot and I think potentially I am being a bad friend. That's I'm not trying to put you on the spot by saying that. I, I kind of do. But also, I think there is, I think it's um, case by case dependent. I think there are certainly different friends of mine where I would absolutely tell, probably weirdly more likely my female friends, I would I would be more open with. Mm. If 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 I had a female friend where I knew that their boyfriend was doing this, this and this, mm. and I was close to the female friend, then I'm more likely to say it. But with my male friend, particularly the one I'm thinking of, it's just, I don't think me saying it would, A, cha- I don't think it would change the situation. I If I thought there was any element of me telling the truth that would get him out of the situation and 
make him see that he could be, have a better life and and how brilliant he is and how much of a catch he is, mm. then I would definitely tell him. Yeah. But I think it would just ruin his self-esteem more and he'd stay with that person and it would make for more trouble. But absolutely, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing. That's why I, it just came up and I, that's why I've never really um, asked anyone mm. um, what they think. So directly, probably. I think you're a bad friend. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to end it. <laughs> Barnaby is a bad friend. Now, Hannah, um, <laughs> some people like to use pseudonyms. Some people uh, on this podcast, but you not so much. So I want to say you uh, were a brilliant stand-up and now you do brilliant comedy songs. So tell our audience where they can see your stuff. Uh, I would love any audience who finds me remotely interesting or even hates me and just wants to watch someone <laughs> they hate in the kind of sadomasochist way. Uh, I'm uh, youtube.com, heard of it, slash Hannah Woman stuff. Hannah Woman, W-A-R-M-A-N. Yeah, like war, what is it good for? Yeah. Man, what is he good for? Stuff, what is it good for? <laughs> um, that's been a really cool episode and it's gone a long way from the beginning where we were like, uh, you were like, um, should I talk about the poo thing? <laughs> <laughs> and we got into some really fascinating subjects that I really think... Um, are, are, are relatable as well to a lot of people so thank you so much for coming on the show it's thanks been really for having cool. me no problem guys thank you so much for listening as well once again if you'd like to be a guest on the show either as yourself or I'm more than happy for people to come on under a pseudonym if it would make you more comfortable please email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com that's crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com also use that email address to send in anything you'd like discussed on the show and give us a follow on Instagram at crazystupidlovepod please once again press that subscribe button or follow button and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and please check out my other podcast It's Your Funeral and Almost Famous links are in the podcast description box below as are the links to their Instagram pages thank you so much for listening and goodbye